in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm Gabe Dunn, your host. And today I'm really, I'm giggling because we have my boyfriend, Alex Hamilton on the show. This is a person in my life who probably knows more than me and should probably be hosting this show. Hello. Welcome, Alex. Hello. I'm scared. I've only ever been on a podcast one time and it was about The Bachelor. Yeah. So this is your like second podcast experience ever. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring you on because I want to go through a bunch of controversies that I found regarding Shark Tank. Amazing. And you oftentimes like will know a bit more than I do about businessy, stocky type things. I <laughs> Would you say, what are your qualifications? 
I'm not I'm not qualified. I mean, in terms of a podcast guest, not qualified because I've only ever been on one podcast. And then also, you know, I I was a CPA. I, I majored in um, economics and accounting in college, but I have a, an expired CPA license, haven't done <laughs> anything accounting related in like six years, would absolutely never become an entrepreneur, even though I did used to be a CPA and am a software engineer now. So one might think I would, but it sounds very scary to me. From what I know about accounting, it's, I, I'm not interested in being an entrepreneur. I would never go on Shark Tank. <laughs> Why would you never go on Shark Tank? I, th- I just think, I mean, one, I wouldn't want to start my own business. And like, you know, first you have an idea, you come up with a business and then you're like an employer and you have to like, be in charge of people that would just be really scary to me and the financial risk and then on top of that going on a tv show where you could look like really silly and and your business could fail and you also look silly on tv forever so to me it's just lose lose i also recall you saying that you would just take the first deal oh yeah yeah, I feel like on I feel like when entrepreneurs are talking, they're like, "Oh, don't give up too much of your company. Always make sure you're the CEO." If if I made a company and somebody wanted to buy the whole thing and not have me as a CEO, I'd be like, "Hell yeah, our interests are aligned." <laughs> I would rather not be a CEO. That sounds bad. I'm out. <laughs> You'd be like, "What are you offering in terms of money?" Great. I only made this so I could sell it. Oh yeah, like there was the guy who made Word. Is it called Wordle? The the site that was really popular. Yeah. He yeah. apparently he sold it for like one million dollars or something. I'd be like, hell yeah, just sell yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did an episode about Damon John, and I didn't want to rehash like uh, what we learned about Damon, but as it turns out, he has the biggest scandal currently mm-hmm. going on in regards to Shark Tank. But let's let's roll it back a little bit. So Shark Tank is a show that has been on for 15 seasons. It's an American business reality show. It premiered in 2009. It's on ABC. And it's a rebrand of a show from Japan called Money Tigers, (laughs) which then became a show in Canada called Dragon's Den. Wait, 15 seasons since 2009? Does that make... What kind of schedule is that? I think it's just always on. Okay. If I've learned anything from hotel rooms, it's always (laughs) on. It's never not an episode airing, actually, (laughs) legally. It shows entrepreneurs making business presentations to a panel of usually five venture capitalists called Sharks. And I've watched countless hours of this show. I've watched so much Shark Tank. The Sharks are paid to appear on the show, but the disclaimer that always airs before is that there is no offer of investment being made. It's all just sort of a handshake deal if a panel member is interested. On I what I so I did the thing that you know that I do, which is I deep dived <laughs> because I one love to hurt myself. We're both autistic. So, you know, there's there's periods of time where I just become pretty obsessed. Although right now Warren Buffett does remain my number one obsession. These seem like productive deep dives though, because I my deep dive lately has been in deep diving, which since that since that whole submersible thing, I've just been like researching and researching the different types of diving, how deep people can go. That you know, it's it's not it's not stuff that's useful. So I feel like your deep dive is good. Don't don't deep dive into deep diving. It's not helpful <laughs> because you were just looking at it. I think you were just looking at it, going, "Yeah, yeah I'd never absolutely do that. not." I was saying that I was just I was just reading about like 
like sat diving until like 3 a.m. And you're like, oh, like, are you interested in diving? And I'm like, absolutely not. I would never dive. Like, I don't know why it's, I can't look away. I want to know all the details of the thing that I absolutely never want to do. Well, I too, I mean, technically I am a small business, but I too would never appear on Shark Tank. So Forbes ran this big article about what it's actually like behind the scenes of Shark Tank. And basically Shark Tank's producers, they spend months vetting the businesses, but I actually didn't know this. The sharks themselves are going in cold. They have absolutely no information about what's going to be pitched to them before it appears in front of them, which I thought was really wild. I thought they would get a heads up, some kind of like, hey, this is what you're going to be seeing today. No, they're going in absolutely cold. Do they have like people in earpieces giving them little zingers to say like on Drag Race? No, they don't actually. There's exclusivity deal that got set up now in season four, which was mostly just to stop people coming on who already had funding. But it actually hurts if the deal falls through because a lot of the companies will get a bunch of publicity and then they'll like, it'll look like a deal went through. And then afterwards, because it's just a gentleman's agreement, the deal doesn't actually go through and they're left with like, you know, 250,000 orders, but they don't actually have the inventory or the money to fulfill those orders. So it gets, and they, because of the exclusivity they sign, they can't then go find another. Wait, they can't even do it after the agreement falls through? Yeah, because they've signed an exclusivity agreement. Like, yeah. So some, that happens to some of them. Oh my God. That, that sucks. Cause like if you're, if you're running an app or something, everybody who, everybody who looks at the app or the web app, like, that's all that's all accessing resources and that's you're going to have to pay money for all that stuff. Yeah, and you're about to actually be very vindicated <laughs> by something I will bring up later. But what I basically when I did my Warren Buffett episode, I came to the conclusion that Warren Buffett's whole thing is that everyone around him is controlled by Warren Buffett and he thinks that he's living in the real world and he's not. My thing that I came away from all of this Shark Tank research is that The show is PR for the shark itself, Mm. himself, herself, themselves. I don't know if there's any (laughs) non-binary sharks, but I assume no. In the ocean or on the show? It's very risky. (laughs) Both. It's very risky for the entrepreneur. and, And that means good risk or bad risk. It's not really risky for the shark in the sense that like they often, the sharks will often complain when deals fall through. They'll complain, oh, well, I lost money too. I lost money too. But to me, in terms of their fortunes, it's kind of like, so what? And so it basically is playing capitalism as a game. Wait, how did they lose money? They'll say, oh, I invested in this in this company that came to me on Shark Tank. The company actually didn't work out. I lost my investment of $300,000, right? But- Compared to their fortune, it doesn't super matter. And compared to the people that are coming on with their small businesses, it does really Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so if they say they're going to buy a piece of the company and that they actually don't, like, the sharks don't actually lose anything and the the company is just kind of screwed, right? Correct. The sharks will lose. Maybe they'll invest. They'll end up doing the investment. The company won't do well. The shark will lose the money they invested. But to Mm -hmm. them, it's like play money. It's like monopoly money. So some success stories, Bombas came from, was bought by Damon John. I know you love Bombas. Love, love that. Manscaped. Okay, so this is interesting. I went through all the most successful ones on allsharktankproducts.com and Manscaped was bought by Mark Cuban and Lori Grenier. Then Tata Towels, Squatty Potty, Everly Well, and Scrub Daddy are all bought by Lori. Lori's kind of doing all the deals that are like, and she's the one who's like the queen of QVC, which we'll get to. 
the biggest missed opportunity of Shark Tank was when Ring mm. came on and they were init initially called Doorbot <laughs> and they were on season five and they didn't reach an agreement because ever they all thought that Doorbot was stupid. And then Amazon purchased Ring for a billion dollars. Oh, wait, is that allowed? If if it's supposed to be exclusive after like it time oh has. like they, they, there's it expires. The only problem is it's exclusive if a shark says I'm going to invest, oh. but Ring no one invested. Okay. They all laughed this man out of the wow. the den. I do want to preface this by saying when we go over these controversies, lawsuits are extremely common. People in the public eye get sued a lot. They're sometimes not based on anything. So let's get into who our sharks are. Our first shark is Kevin O'Leary. The Mr. Wonderful name is sarcastic. He's the bald one who's mean. He co-founded SoftKey Software Products, which is a technology company that sold software geared towards family education and entertainment. He ended up taking over something called The Learning Company, which I sounded familiar to me. And then The Learning Company was acquired by Mattel in 1999, and that made him a multimillionaire. Mm. He was later accused in shareholders lawsuits and later by a Mattel executive of stuffing the channels, which I didn't know what that meant. And it means they ship product at the end of the quarter and then record it as revenue, even though most of the merchandise is going to get returned. Oh, wait, they sense? ship it where to like a store that's going to sell it? Yeah, or to like people, but then not, I guess they're not counting returns because it's like the end of the quarter. He also campaigned to be the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada in 2017. And he was the front runner. I don't really know what this means. It says on Wikipedia, he was the front runner, but dropped out in April 2017, one month before the election, citing a lack of support in Quebec. This is the big, well, there's two controversies with him. One is that he was a spokesperson for the crypto for the cryptocurrency oh, firm yeah. FTX, and he defended Sam Bankman-Fried. And I don't know if you know, I don't know a huge amount about that. I just listened to a podcast episode about it, but I, and then I also saw it because I was googling what's the most amount of money someone's ever lost, and it's <laughs> Elon Musk has the biggest, but also <laughs> this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, lost a bunch of money. He ran FTX, right? Yeah. So what do you know about that? I forgot a lot of the <laughs> of the details of the podcast, but he's running some big crypto thing and then he was taking out a bunch of the money to just like spend it and then everybody wanted their money out at the same time and so it just it just wasn't there, I think. I mean, there's a few of these sharks that get with crypto stuff that's like really <sighs> it's really difficult. So then Mr. Wonderful of course has like quotes where he's a complete asshole where he's like in a minute, someone else is going to walk through that door and you'll be dead to me. And I'll never remember what you said. <laughs> Wait, so he just calls himself Mr. Wonderful? Is that where this started? Kind of, yeah. The other controversy that he's involved in is that his wife killed two people in a boat crash. It's not what? funny. It's not funny. It's very bad. His wife, Linda O'Leary, she was driving a boat and she hit this other guy who was driving a boat. And two people on the other guy's boat were killed. Whoa. They claim the the ocean police or whatever claimed that the other guy didn't have his lights on. He said that he did have his lights on, but they just both were like pled guilty and were like, okay, we're we're both at fault. And then she was in a criminal trial about it and she with for the murders and she and or the manslaughters, whatever, and she ended up being acquitted. And I think the penalty 
was jail time or like a $1 million fine. And obviously this is an example where rich people could just pay that Mm -hmm. and that would be that, you know what I mean? So that's kind of a thing where I do wonder how much being rich sort of sprung her from that situation. Wait, and just to ask the the obvious question, maybe was it nighttime? It was nighttime. Okay, I was like, I just want to make sure this isn't some silly technicality. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. Monarch. 
It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. My big takeaway for this episode is please do not drive a boat drunk. It's the same as a car. Please don't do it. So that's, I guess, Mr. Wonderful is just kind of guilty of being like a general kind of piece of shit. So I would label him. I was trying to give them all like things, you know, and I was like headers and I was like, he's just kind of a a piece of shit and like (laughs) thinks that he is a superior human being for the money he has and is like unapologetic about that very just a capitalist who I think I think doesn't care about other people in a grander sense and then doesn't care about other people just interpersonally. Yeah, I think when people have a ton of money, they start rationalizing it and thinking that they deserve it and they must be a good person and a good business person. But really, it's like if you have a ton of money, it's it's usually going to keep growing just by the nature of investing in stuff. <laughs> so it's it's not because you're amazing. Yeah, I think he kind of revels in being like, I'm not a nice person. Like, I'm the bad guy. And then he kind of thinks that that's like a personality he can just like have. Like the like Simon Cowell vibe of the Shark Tank? Very much. Simon Cowell of Shark Tank, for sure. Except with American Idol, you are messing with people's dreams. But here, it's it's, the the stakes are much higher. Dreams and all your money and (laughs) your reputation. Well, the whole thing is predicated on the American dream, which is a scam, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But like, I remember one of my one Shark Tank episode that I didn't even research here, but one Shark Tank episode that I truly it, it made me really upset. And let me look up the name of the company. It really fucking upset me. 
So it was a company called The Lip Bar. And they came on Shark Tank. And it's two black women. And they were like, we're making lipsticks for black women. They're very bright. Mm -hmm. And the, the lipsticks were gorgeous. And like, especially Kevin, but everyone was kind of like, this is stupid. This is a stupid idea. Why would you make lipsticks for black women? They're ugly. They look ugly. Like it was like, so. These are the people who funded a male sponge. Correct. You're right. <laughs> the sponge is a daddy. Oh yeah. Not just a, a male sponge, a male sponge with children. <laughs> exactly. So they, and then I immediately went and bought a lipstick from them because fuck that shit. But it was like just so blatantly racist and he was so mean. And it also is like this very dystopian thing where they catch them on a day where they're in a good mood. And it's like, you know, the shark tank will be friendly. It feels very much like there's some there's baked in classism, racism, sexism, all kinds of stuff. Ultimately helped the company sell because people were like, this is disgusting. But at the end of the day, Mr. Wonderful still continues to be on the panel. Okay, so now we're going to get into a part of talking about the sharks that I labeled says dumb shit, which is Barbara Corcoran, who I until recently thought was a lesbian. She founded the Corcoran Group, which is a real estate brokerage in New York City, which she eventually sold for $66 million and then exited the company. So she did what we're going to call an Alex Hamilton. Yeah, that's exactly what you would do. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that sounds amazing. I met her on the red carpet at the Glad Awards. So that also led me to think she was a lesbian. Why was she at the Glad Awards? Because she met you or your vibes? Was she flirty? Well, so at the time, I thought she was a lesbian. So I was flirting with her because I was like, you're at the Glad Awards. I'm at the Glad Awards. You're worth millions of dollars. <laughs> wow. So I was like being flirty, trying to get her to come on this podcast, by the way. And I and I was like, that'll be fun. It'll be another successful lesbian woman, like how Susie Orman was on this podcast. No, she's straight. Allegedly. I don't know, Barbara. Write in. Are you queer in any capacity? Write in. Are you gay? <laughs> Barbara, if you're listening, write in. In December of 2022, she came under fire because she was on the Diary of a CEO podcast. And she said that she loves firing people on Fridays. The quote was, I love firing people on Friday. I would stop by someone's desk on a Wednesday and say, hey, would you have any time sometime on Friday? They should have heard the, about the rumors. I couldn't wait till they came in to fire them. She said that she loves firing people. Oh, my God. So that wild. Wow. She also in the same interview, she also said, I pick out individuals who were negative. And my attitude toward the negative person was they were ruining my good kids because people who are negative have to have somebody else to be negative with them. They got to talk to somebody and complain. So that's who she fires. She's like, don't be negative, but but do relish in firing others. That's that's being positive about <laughs> firing. I'm not talking about people who tell you what you're doing wrong. They're invaluable so you can get better. I'm talking about chronic complainers and negative people. You got to get rid of them. I've learned very early after firing one negative person, never tell them why you're firing them. Just tell them they don't fit the company. So fun. And I liked you, Barbara, mainly because wow. I thought you were gay. Now, this comes up later when we're talking about how them losing money is just an oopsie. So this happened in 2020. This is an article in Forbes. Shark Tank host Barbara Corcoran loses $380,000 in an email scam, which scammers used an email address that looked like it belonged to her assistant, but was misspelled by one letter. It contained a fake invoice from a company in Germany, 
for real estate renovations. Mm. And it didn't raise any alarms because Corcoran does invest in the real estate, like, you know, business. So thinking nothing was suspicious, the bookkeeper wired money to the account. The scam was only uncovered when the bookkeeper copied Corcoran's actual assistant on a reply. She did not immediately respond to requests from comment from Forbes, but tweeted, lesson learned, be careful where you wire your money. Okay, crucial quote. I was upset at first, but then I remembered it was only money. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) This will come up later because these people that like go into these shows, this is like everything they have and not just everything they have. It's like they built this business from their great grandfather's recipe or like, you know, their dad helped them make this business when they came over from Africa or like whatever. And then this bitch is like, whoopsie daisy. It's only money is so weird to say. Like if I lost $10, I wouldn't be like, it's only money. I'd be like, well, I guess at least it wasn't, you know, $20 or something. Do you want to explain to the audience what you're like with money? Do you so different than me? Oh, that I'm very frugal. I've gotten better. I used in college, I used to have this is deeply embarrassing. But in college, I used to have a little notebook and I would write down the prices of everything in the different stores. And I would like go to different stores if I could save like 20 cents on like frozen vegetables on another store. So I would say I've improved. You're not not like that now. You've improved. But yeah, now I'll just, you know, be looking at like the deals and the coupons and, and making sure I want something before I get it, you know. Which is fun. Like, this is why, I mean, it's not why you have more money than me, but like a thing is because you've chosen a steady job. But a thing is, is that (laughs) like you, you won't take an Uber or you won't like you'll walk or you won't like you have this thing where like, I'm like, this is how people keep their money is that you are so different from me in that I'll throw money at a problem and you would rather do literally anything else. Well, to be fair, the Uber thing is also because of the having to have a sort of one-on-one social situation that I just will avoid at any cost. Like I'd I'd rather walk a mile than roll the dice on interacting with a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we are different and I may be learning a lot more from you, but you are very, I'll just go to the grocery store and start throwing shit in the cart. But if I go with you, you're like, oh, my God, you can get two of these for like, you'll like do the actual like smart sort of figuring out what is the most cost effective way to get the food. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to be really careful when I grocery shopped and I would always have a running total in my head. And like, you know, when you're like really budgeting and stuff like you have to make sure that you're not going to go over a certain total. Like now I've tried to wean myself off of that because I can get more grocery or like afford to get more groceries. But I mean, yeah, if, if, a t- if a little tag says buy, buy two, get one free, I'm going to read the tag and, and consider that <laughs> in the purchasing. You're just so much more careful than I am. It's very interesting dynamic. <laughs> I feel that I'm learning a lot from you. Now we're going to get into a very complicated man who I have also met, which is Mark Cuban, who is oh, yeah. an American businessman, television personality, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, co-owner of 2929 Entertainment. He loves crypto. He was invested in Dogecoin. He's kind of like been, he was, got in trouble for being an investor in Voyager Digital, which ended up filing for bankruptcy and they were named in a class action lawsuit because it was a Ponzi scheme. So that's not the best. I also found that in, in 2008, He was, okay, so, okay, strap in for this one. He (laughs) 
got in trouble with the SEC because they thought that he was doing insider trading. And he saved, he was saved from a loss of 750K because of inside, from what they thought was insider trading. He Mm -hmm. disputed the charges and then he went on his blog and was like, this is gross abuse of prosecutorial discretion, right? Now, do you want to take a guess as, you'll never guess, as to why he thought the SEC and the government went after him? You'll never guess. It has to do with 9-11. No, you'll never guess. Okay, yeah, I don't think, I, I, I thought maybe he'd say it's because I'm on TV or something. No, it was because he believed that the investigation was motivated by the SEC taking offense to his interest in possibly distributing the film Loose Change. Do you remember the film Loose Change? No. It was a very famous movie that implies that 9-11, no, not even implies, it's about how 9-11 was an inside job. Oh my God. And he, through his film company, wanted to, was interested in distributing the film. And he thought that this insider trading charge was because the SEC wanted to get back at him for his interest in distributing a 9-11 was an inside job documentary. That's a weird move to go through the SEC. I feel like, I feel like it would be something else. I mean, he's, I don't know. I mean, I I think like that's where you get someone with money, right? Yeah, I guess that's not the that's not the weirdest part of the story. I don't know why my brain went right to that. I'd probably just be like, hey, IRS, I'm sure you're going to find something. Just just look at his stuff. Yeah, that was your thing earlier when we were talking about you were saying how the IRS shouldn't be going after people with like a thousand dollars to audit. They should just be going after people who are definitely committing crimes. Yeah, just make the whole department about just getting taxes from billionaires, you know. Right. Instead of taxing billionaires, because they're not going to do it on their own. They're going to do all this offshore stuff or do the things that they're normally doing to get out of it. The IRS should just be the just going after those people and getting the taxes from them and leaving everyone else alone. Yeah, apparently, apparently there is sort of a threshold that they use. I had a, a tax professor in college who used to work for the IRS. And she said, like, you know, I can't give any specifics, but like, we generally wouldn't go after somebody if they don't if if they're not owing more than a thousand dollars or there's certain income thresholds they look at but like i do think they are looking at the average person i just think let's just go for the billionaires i mean i think that's (laughs) That's a great idea it made me as an expired cpa (laughs) it made me think of a a tv show called like irs cops or like or like law and order irs and it's just a fictional world (laughs) where they're going after billionaires for actual taxes they're like, uh, and how many boats did you say you had? They like watch them for like a long time. And then they're like, how many of those boats have you crashed and killed people? More than you'd want. Yeah. And that could be a spinoff. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. 
Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks. He has been fined by the NBA for $1.6 million for 13 incidents. That's just fines. That's just fines from the NBA because he makes critical statements about the league and the referees. He can't control his, his anger. So he gets fined to the tune of $1.5 million he's been fined. Wait, and he like owns a team or something? He, uh, he owns the Mavericks. So Mavericks player Dirk Nowitzki said he's got to learn to control himself as well as the players do. We can't lose our temper all the time on the court. And and then he goes on to say he's got to improve and not yell at the officials during the game. The game starts and he's already yelling at them. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my God. I love men. Okay, he's a huge fan of Ayn Rand. But then he also voted for Obama and Clinton. He's a big fan of rate of making the minimum wage a living wage, and he's a vegetarian. Okay, that was a that was a lot of. I traits. know, very complicated human <laughs> being. Then, in 2022, he created the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company with the goal to dramatically reduce the cost of prescription drugs in the U.S. and to introduce transparency to the pricing of drugs. Wait, Cost Plus like world market? Yeah, like world market. Yeah, like world market. <laughs> this is part of the world market family of yeah. brands. So I don't really know, like these people are 
are bad people, obviously, but it's like so weirdly complicated. And they each have like, he's like, I'm a vegetarian, but also 9-11 was an inside job. But also I voted for Obama, but also I love Ayn Rand. Like, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Next, we get to my somewhat unproblematic queen. And this is before we get to Damon. This is Lori Grenier. She's got hundreds of patents and she is the queen of QVC, basically. Like she's the one who gets your thing on QVC and it sells. She doesn't have any scandals. So now I'll, I'll cap you off with the big one, which is Damon John. He's, a, he's the, the co-founder of FUBU. If you want to know everything about Damon, go to our episode about Damon with Marcus Garrett. I might do one where I read the books by all the different sharks, but these are the top sharks. Wait, how many sharks do they have Five. at a time? Are all these people? Five. So sometimes they switch off. They'll switch off one. But they also oh, okay. change. Like I watched an episode with Gwyneth Paltrow. I watched an episode with Alex Rodriguez. Like they have different, they switch them in and out. But these are the main famous oh. ones. The reason I wanted to do this episode is because I was hoping to find something that was as in-depth as this situation with Damon John, because we had already talked about Damon, but to finish off, this Damon unfortunately does have the most viral issue right now, which is he ended up getting in a lot of trouble because the people that own Bubba Q's boneless baby back ribs went onto TikTok and were saying that there was no transparency in financing or funding for Damon, who made an investment in their company after they were on Shark Tank. So the company is owned by Al Bubba Baker, his wife, Sabrina, and his daughter, Brittany. And they struck a deal with John on Shark Tank in 2013. Basically, it was for and the offer that stood was $300,000 for 30% of the company. And it was contingent on finding a licensing deal with a large meat processor, which they end up doing. After they finish, but before the show airs, Damon goes to them and does what he's allowed to do, which is say, actually, I don't want this deal. I've looked into it more and I want to do, I want to do a hundred K instead. Al Baker talks about, he felt very pressured because he knew it was going to air that they were working with Damon. He, like, it was a dream to work with a shark. He felt like he didn't really have a choice because it was like a family business that's been in their family, like, you know, upholding the family for like, I think it was like a couple decades. So they had stores, they had physical restaurants, and then they were trying to sell their sauces in different stores. And then they really wanted to, what he had is a patent for how to remove the bones from ribs without losing the shape of the ribs. Huh. And on the show Wait, what are these what are these deals that they're signing? Like are 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 they actually signing the deal and then somewhere in the deal it's like, yeah, and we can actually change the price yes. at any time or Yeah, basically, yeah. That's basically. in there? I mean, they go over everything afterwards, but yeah, they can kind of there it it ranges. Like there was an LA Times in your article that really blew all of this up that basically was talking about how all of these entrepreneurs that come on, they all have different experiences. So it's like hard to nail down exactly what the Shark Tank experience is. Certain people, uh, it's the deal is that exactly as it stands. Everything's totally like up on the up and up. Their business does well, whatever. Some of the other ones, the, the deal doesn't go through, but they get a lot of publicity from going on Shark Tank. You know, the guy who did DoorBot, 
he ended up making Ring, which became a huge thing, even though nobody placed a bid. So like kind of stuff like that. And then some people have really terrible experiences. It's a mixed bag, depending on what shark you get and also like how things end up shaking out. That being said, in the LA Times article and in the Forbes article, they talk about how uh, out of the entrepreneurs they spoke to, the, the vast majority would recommend Shark Tank. Like the vast majority were like, we do not regret going on Shark Tank. So, but the other, but the experiences that people have had that are bad are really bad. For instance, the people behind Bubba Q's, they get shown this document that says they've made $18 million in sales. But then they go through what they've actually made from that. And they're like, well, how come we've received only 4% of that money? And they kind of have, the daughter is on their TikTok, making a bunch of TikToks about this. And, you know, with business, it's very emotional if it's a family business. So it's very easy to go on Instagram and and talk about like your father and your mother and their American dream and their business. And she shows a lot of photos of him building the business from, you know, the 90s and going into supermarkets with bottles and doing everything himself by hand. So it's like incredibly emotional. And so it's hard to, it's easy to see how that gets people on your side immediately. Damon handles it incredibly poorly by making his own TikTok being like, I'm going to defend myself and everyone, you know, I'm here to be an example of how to defend yourself because I'm not going to take this lying down. You know, then he tries to file a restraining order against them. Like he doesn't really handle it with a lot of like grace. Basically, what seemed to happen is that there was no real time accounting and there was no ability to for them to understand where the money was going. And it is sort of unclear on where the money is going. They make a $5.8 million deal with Hardee's, but then, and then they're told, they're told that they're going to make 193K from that deal, but they end up getting 65K and they're not really sure why. They don't really understand what Damon's taking as a cut. They basically describe it as they became employees of their own company that they were supposed to have a majority share in. Does that make sense? Yeah. That must be really like scary, just not understanding all the accounting of it and just only seeing the number at the end and being like, wait, I want more information. <laughs> like you have to have people like digging into this for you and like conveying that inf information. And the problem is, well. is that they didn't have the money for a forensic accountant. They barely had the money for a lawyer. I actually went and looked at their GoFundMe mm -hmm. with that they set up to hire a lawyer and it, it, it they had put it up in May and it wasn't even halfway donated to, even though the story went viral. They basically sort of like I wrote down this was sort of idealized capitalism because they they felt like they had to take this opportunity and they had to take the deal because they knew that only a fraction of these entrepreneurs get a shot. And this is in the uh, LA Times article. You know, they they wanted a star on TV to talk about them. They want they, they're from a small town in Ohio and they wanted, you know, these people in LA to like talk about their business. Like they were just really, they were just really starstruck. They needed them to partner with a packaging company. So they partner with Rastelli Foods. They don't want Bubba, Al Baker. He wants to keep himself in the loop. So he wants to make sure that he's the middleman between Rastelli and Damon. And Damon starts to kind of freak out about that. 
and is like, I actually need to talk to Ristelli on my own. And Al is like, no, I don't think I don't think so. And then Damon's like, I need to. And then I think with good instincts, Al is like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. So this is what actually happened. Instead of the 300,000 for 30% that was struck during the taping, John invested 100,000 for 35%. And they just had to take that because that was what was offered to them off camera. They had already accepted the deal on camera. They would look silly. Well, would that ever get updated? No. Like on the show? Or would everybody watching think that it was? Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So then because all of these orders started rolling in from Shark Tank, Damon is like, you need to work with my guy, Nate Holzefell. Holzefell is how you say it, I think. And he's like, you need to work with my guy, Nate Holzefell. He's a genius. He will help you make your website. He will help you make sure your sales are good. You're about to have more sales than you've ever had, blah, blah, blah. And now here's where you, Alex Hamilton, get to feel like you're a genius. (laughs) I wrote, guess what, Alex? (sighs) The bakers said they had to refund customers nearly 14% of the amount of the initial online orders because web genius Halsafel failed to install a feature to collect sales tax on certain products. (gasps) Oh my God. Do you want to explain why this is a big deal to you? Oh, well, we're, we're running your just between us merch and, you know, trying to figure out all the sales tax and everything. It's it's very it's very scary to potentially make the wrong choice with taxes and sales taxes. And you've done so much research for me. And up until this point, I was grateful, but I didn't fully understand it. And then I read that and I was like, Alex is going to be so vindicated. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what's funny is, I mean, even though I was I was a CPA and I did taxes like I lived in a state that had no income tax. And so I kn- I didn't know anything about state taxes and I didn't do anything with sales taxes at all. So this was like a totally new area for me. But like, you know, every every state has different requirements for what they call nexus, which means like you have to you have to pay taxes in that state. And 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 so luckily with the merch business being pretty small, you don't have to pay it in a, in a lot of states, but you do have to monitor that, especially if you're scaling really fast. If, if they're not used to like having a really big business, all of a sudden you're going to be owing sales tax in all these states. If you cross 
cross those thresholds. And that's real scary. So that's what happened to them. Now, Twist, Hosefell, is now out on bail awaiting trial on 15 felony and five misdemeanor criminal charges, including communications fraud, theft, and sexual assault. Communications I don't really fraud? know what that means. Eight cases involving multiple women where Utah prosecutors say the married Hosefell struck up romantic relationships with women he met on dating apps and then convinced them to turn over their money and assets. Oh my gosh, it's the Tinder swindler. So Bubba Baker had the Tinder swindler running his website. So then they go to Damon John and Damon John says he hasn't had any relationship with this man in years. And then says he ended up showing a pattern of bad habits and was not fit for how we do business. Okay, I'm sorry. He said this about the guy. Damon John was like, yeah, he had a bunch of bad habits. But then he pushed them on Bubba (laughs) Baker. (laughs) Oh. Anyway. That's weird. This sounds like some rich people mafia shit. Yeah, definitely, right? It really bugs me like like to see people charging a bunch of money to like run like a simple website. I don't I don't know exactly what this guy did, but I do think there's lots of people out there who charge a ton of money to like set up websites for people in like small towns for example. And and I'm always like, oh, god. That's so simple and these people are getting lied to i don't know i i it's one of my no it's absolutely true like i think someone else could have but also what what happened is that they were then kind of not able to access their own website so like basically damon sort of cut them off from the supplier then cut them off from their website you know what i mean like slowly kind of again like this person said on tiktok where they were commenting on what happened to the bakers they became employees of their own business yeah and he only owns 35 percent right right? but You know what I mean? Yeah. Rich people can do what they want. So he sends this article, basically. I mean, so then Damon sends this email to Baker saying, like, I I need to talk to Roselli because you don't really understand what working in Shark Tank, what working at Shark Tank is doing for your business. Like, you're always going to be through the the Shark Tank family. You're my responsibility. And like, I need to be able to talk to Roselli directly. Doesn't really give a real reason why. He added, you will no longer be of interest to the show to promote because there's another season about to be shot and every shark has their top five Bubba's of the world they're trying to keep promoting. Which is similar to Mr. (sighs) Wonderful saying, the minute you walk out that door, you're dead to me. This is a lot of like abusive relationship tactics that are being employed Yeah, say more about that. Like basically negging people Mm -hmm. and saying like, you need me. And it's, it's kind of like, what's that term? Like, learned incompetence mm-hmm. or something, just treating them like they can't do anything and then telling them over and over, you can't do anything without me. Like, this is scary. Yeah. So we're reaching the end of this story, but I mean, not it's still ongoing. Bubba still is posting about it, which I'll put links to all of this in the description. But basically, in 2010, Alan Kaufman sued Damon John and ABC and Sony Pictures Television saying that it fraudulently portrayed John as successful as a successful entrepreneur and a legitimate potential investor without disclosing prior history of breaching contracts, which all of them have. Now it's like very clear that all of them have a history of breaching contracts. It's actually interesting because the Forbes article found that Lori is one of the top people that goes back on her contracts, but she also, according to allsharktankproducts.com, is an investor in most of the most successful ones. So I don't know what the math is on that, but like, She's the investor that her name came up with most of the like best-selling products. 
But she is also, according to the Forbes article, one of the top one of the top three sharks that reneges on deals. And then Kaufman, who passed away this November, settled for twenty thousand dollars. And that was it. The, the Baker's case goes to arbitration as part of the settlement. The Baker's were to receive a larger share of the gross profits. Parties acknowledged that the business had accumulated gross receipts of $14.5 million. And the bakers had seen like none of that. They also said that all parties would work on potential deals together. There would be more financial transparency. But the bakers say now that they still aren't included in important discussions about the business. Their post-settlement profits have shrunk further and further. They received only $553.53 for the first three months of the year. And they still have to pay off $171,000 in lawyer's fees. Oh, my gosh. This is why this is why rich people can just do whatever they want, because they can just wait until you run out of money. So that's some (laughs) I mean, that's like 11 pages of research that I did on Shark Tank. And I didn't even get into all of it. I just touched on some of the the scandals that we've, you know, had between these people. And I think that it does touch a lot on this is a game to them. Rich people can get out of manslaughter charges, talk about other human beings in these very dehumanizing ways like Barbara and and Kevin have uh, publicly. And also, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's all stuff you expect. Like, Barbara, they are playing a game. Like, oopsie doopsie, I lost $338,000, my B. But, like, to these entrepreneurs... This is their entire life. I mean, there's I read a few stories that we didn't even get to of people who come in, they're best friends since like middle school. They go into business together. They come in, they pitch their business. It gets bought by a shark. The shark fucks everything up and their friendship is ruined. You know, they get into these situations where they have drama with people who can like make TikToks and stuff, right? But then these are people who they care about their reputations and they have like tons of money. So, I mean... It's like, what would I do if I was in a situation where I was calling them out and then they were like, look, you're not going to get anything for this. But if you tell me that you lied or if you if you announce to the public that you lied about all of this, I'll just give you two million dollars and you probably are not going to get two million dollars any other Mm -hmm. way. You know, like I feel like they can buy people saying whatever they want. So that's why I'm suspicious whenever this stuff happens, because I'm like, I don't know, people could have been paid off. Which is why it's so interesting that they keep making these TikToks, the bakers keep making these TikToks about how they've been treated. Mm -hmm. Because again, the business world is cutthroat. But I'm wondering, like, is it better to fail and succeed on your own terms? Or is it worth it to watch something you built be taken away from you and not in a way where you like sold your realty corporation for $66 million. Yeah, I think I would just not be in this situation at all. (laughs) This sounds scary. I would not want to run a bit. If I was going to run a business, I would want to run a business that was not that big. I would not want to have rich enemies ever. They can they can do some really messed up stuff. It's very clear that we've risen these people to a level of celebrity that scary and you know there are a bunch of rich people who we don't even know their names but these people are probably even Mm -hmm. scarier because they're narcissists who want to go on tv and act like they are saviors it's not enough to just be Mm -hmm. rich they also have to be people who everyone on tv goes wow they're giving people the american dream you know 
Yeah. And the most manipulative people are the best at having like a perfect reputation, which I just find really unsettling. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk about Shark Tank. I would love to have you come back on and talk more about being a CPA and changing your career and stuff if you would be interested in that. Oh, yeah. My CP, my my letting my CPA expire. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not that you're not incredibly helpful to me at all times. Honestly, if y'all can get yourselves an ex CPA boyfriend, I highly recommend it. (laughs) And uh, and uh, do you have anything you want to say or promote or anything that you've you've been meaning to tell the people on air? No. I don't think so. I'm not really a I'm not really a public figure. If somebody wanted to follow someone who's putting out content, I'm not putting out content. I I have a cat and he you know, <laughs> I take pictures of random stuff sometimes, but you know, I'm posting to grid like once every other month. <laughs> I'm not really Do you have anything content. you want to say to me? <laughs> hmm. Well, I really like listening to this podcast. It's really it's really fun. I think it's it's cool to see all of your research and the work that you put into it. And, and I enjoy listening to it. I'm a fan. Well, thank you for being on the show and letting me do this to you in this forum and not just to your face in your living room. Yeah, it was very scary. But you know, hopefully I didn't make too many like weird mouth sounds next to the microphone. Hopefully it was fine. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Okay, it's a wrap. Bad with Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.